Give me a kizout down. Uh, excuse me, I'm not quite sure what a kizout down is. Fuck the Oscars, you know? We're back, baby. The Council Crusade. And a couple old regular old Windows Defenders, baby. Made in the shade with the console crusade. Baby, it's your boy, <laughs> E. Jiggle, joined by my boy, Nick Durheim. What's up, dude? Nick, where can they find us? I mean, you could follow me at Twitter, at Presh Till Death. You can follow EJ at E. Jiggle. I need some energy! <laughs> Let's console go! Underscore crusade. <laughs> Feedback at consolecrusade.com if you want our, our feedback on your cool letters and your questions. We'll answer them on the air. Live. Oh, baby. We talk video games, <laughs> retro video games, the news. This week is the Game Awards. Okay, I'm, I'm done doing this bit. Do we have listener mail this week? <laughs> no. No? <laughs> Probably not. Damn, dude. Hey, man, it's okay. I think our last our last email was a confirmation that the upload worked. Uh, yet again. <laughs> yet again. Another, another successful Wednesday release. That's how I know that... You're doing your job. <laughs> you get little, I, I get to wake up and see, oh yeah, he did it. He did it. <laughs> Boy, he did it. He did it again. I think I was a little later in the... No, maybe it was a 10 o'clock release last Wednesday. I think you were kind of early the last two weeks, though. It was just like, you had that manic energy. You just cranked it out. Trying to grind through it, dude. What are you, uh, what are you sipping on today, my friend? Oh, I've got actually a variety of drinks oh. at my disposal. Tell me I'm about it. I'm sipping on an iced coffee... A glass of like spiced apple cider, and then as a, a nice little chaser, I've got some cucumber melon sparkling water. Wow, you are hydrated and fancy as fuck over there. Staying wet, dude. Stay wet. I uh, I've got me a little glass, a very small glass, like half of a shot of Woodford Reserve Kentucky bourbon, and then Sarah. My lovely GF made me a whiskey sour, which I've never had before. It's tasty, really? but it's gonna be heartburn city, right? Here. Oh yeah, I mean for you, you've got the you've got the mad reflux. <sighs> but whiskey sour is pretty good though. It is tasty, and I'm kind of just washing it all down with a little coconut. I, know, I see that. Co- yeah, I see that. That's coconut Lacroix, <laughs> because boy, we are Lacroix boys. Mm. It's a classic, classic. So I can't believe we are back here. And I guess this is just a product of having done a podcast every week for the last how many months. But I feel like our Game Awards podcast last year was kind of the last pod we did before really going on a hiatus. And then we did like two pods and then went on another hiatus before we sort of hit this streak, right? I can't believe it's time for Game Awards predictions already. I remember that like it was yesterday. It was 12 months ago. The year was a roller coaster and it seemed like you blinked and it was March. Again, you're like, what the fuck happened? <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> it was just December. <laughs> and this last like two months have gone by really quickly too. So let's let's dive into the game awards. Let's just we'll quickly throw out kind of what our game of the year, what our best, you know, whatever of the category we'll kind of just what do we want to win and then what we predict will happen. I'm gonna keep a list as we go this time so that I'm not stuck doing it in posts like I did last time. Yeah, just whip a little spreadsheet, you know. So game awards. I think it was two years ago where it really sort of kicked off and became this event that we weren't cringing at. We weren't, you know, it was just, it, it really felt like 
it, it was finally developing to this like prime time television event. You could tune in and they had like the live music and the orchestra and these announcements. And it again, still had their moments last year had the fewest, I think, like I said, cringeworthy moments that the game awards is sort of kind of become known for in some ways. Well, yeah, I mean, before it was a spike TV joint. So it had like, a lot of sponsorship deals and a lot of weird stuff happened because of that. Yeah. But then even back then you had cool stuff like Stan Lee dressing up as a Metal Gear character to present an award to Hideo Kojima. <laughs> it's so wacky. Which is like, that that doesn't happen, right? Somebody's weird wet dream right there. Probably Hideo Kojima's. It, it happened, exactly. I mean, if you created a franchise and then Stan Lee cosplayed as one of your characters to give you an award, you'd probably come. <laughs> Probably. But yeah, I mean, he's gone independent and he's still had to, Jeff Keighley, who runs the Game Awards, he's had to, you know, garner sponsorship deals and make the money to run the show because it's not cheap to run a big production like that. Oh, no. But it seems like he's really hustled and it's just really cool to see it grow. And I see him like get retweeted on my timeline on Twitter. It seems like he's doing his best to make this like a legitimate kind of thing that a lot of people can look to and say, hey, yeah, we're proud to be like associated with this medium. Oh, absolutely. And it's become a production, a full on, you know, top of the line production. And so I'm, I'm actually really excited to sit and watch this. So I'm hoping, you know, I've got all this time off. I've got coming up for, for dental work and for, you know, various things. Luckily, some of that coincides with the Smash release and the Game Awards. So fingers crossed. I'll be uh, hopping over to your place with some gauze in my mouth. Yeah, man, that'd be awesome. Especially, like you said, with the musical production stuff. Oh, dude. Like, last year was just so cool. I didn't actually catch the beginning of the awards, but by the time they got to... I mean, they did, like, a kind of medley of stuff for Best Soundtrack. Yeah. But even before that, they had an actual uh, live orchestra performing some Mario and Rabbid stuff and just playing some, like... Playing the DK theme because that was part of the DLC that was coming out soon. Yeah. And that, that geeked me out, dude. Like, that was Grant Kirkhope on stage actually conducting, and he's like right. the writer of all those jams. So, that's I your guy, right? It's there. like, that's awesome. You know, that's, I'm super hyped on that. But even like the medley, they actually got like the actual singer from the uh, uh, Let's Go Superstar or Jump Up oh, Superstar yeah. from Mario Odyssey. Like, that was just, that was really cool. Yeah. Props. I'm hoping that we get something cool like that this year. Inevitably, we will. Uh, they're striking this great balance between, like you said, appealing to the diehard fans, these these uber nerds that have been following this so closely for years and years, and then also crossing it into the mainstream and making, not appropriating this nerd culture, but like genuinely trying to make it cool while being true to like the roots of uh, these things they're showing and, and doing. And that's a really hard line to walk. And so far, I think every year they've done better and better at sort of melding the two, right? Right. So I'm excited. I'm stoked for the announcements that we are definitely going to get. Nintendo will yeah. announce something. And, you know, like, what if we get, and this is so dumb, but like, what if we just get small little announcement for like home run contests and and uh, target practice and all these things like in Smash and that, that mode gets announced at the Game Awards. It's just like a little thing. Maybe that's too too grand a stage for a little announcement like that. But I feel like the idea of bringing back everything the franchise has offered and bringing it back and making it new again it, it is reasonable to expect 
the game modes would also be there. And so I, I'm still holding out hope that they're going to use that as like bait and be like, remember these things you love from 15 years ago? Well, they're back, baby. And on the biggest stage. And then it's just like, boom, announcement. And then we get Bayonetta 4 or some shit. I don't know. But <laughs> it's, I'm stoked. I, I appreciate your enthusiasm, but I highly I, doubt we're getting it. anything Smash related the day before it comes out. That's the thing, though. That's the fucking big dick move. That's so fucking cool. They're just like, by the way, you know that game you guys are picking up at midnight? Check this shit out. Nah, they'll announce Smash Ultimate for 3DS. <laughs> I think, if anything, I mean, it has to be something that Nintendo doesn't really care to announce in like their January Direct, because they usually have like a January Direct to be like, okay, this is what's happening this year. That's what we're going to we're gonna see like Fire Emblem and probably more Animal Crossing news and like a little sizzle reel of Yoshi. But what would they announce? Like, we're still waiting on the Star Fox game that was rumored slash leaked. Yeah. I don't know if Game Awards is the proper place for that, but I mean, it's their, one of their few, I think they're only American studio. So maybe like putting it at like an American event would be what they would do. I don't know. I, I have no Reggie, idea. I saw a picture of Reggie hanging out with Jeff Keighley. Oh and Reggie was God. wearing a Metroid shirt, which he does just to mess with people. Yeah. I was like, he's like trolling. He had that, he had that uh, earthbound or like mother three pin or something. And people were like, what's going on? It's like, <laughs> he's just dicking you, dude. <laughs> he's being a piece of shit. God damn it. Well, like I said, I don't want to necessarily speculate. I have no idea. I just know that inevitably there will be some announcements and hopefully fingers crossed. Like I said, I'll be all doped up watching it with you Thursday. Maybe we'll see that Harry Potter game legitimately. Uh, you think, you think, it looked pretty polished. WB doesn't show off things outside of like E3, really. So unless they're just saving it for E3. Yeah. Or like Comic-Con maybe. But I don't know. It's so weird. Games don't get announced at Comic-Con either. So so let's run through the list here. You've, you've broken out this beautiful list for us. You have removed the redundant categories and the pointless categories. Like shit we don't give a fuck about. Like, I don't know, best Chinese game or some shit or best student game. Things we don't know anything about or care about. I've never heard of any of these games, so it's irrelevant to our and conversation. I, I kept some of them that we won't have much to say about, but are still somewhat relevant. Like best mobile title is still, it's a relevant category, even though we don't play mobile games. Yeah. And you've heard of all those games at least. Exactly. Or maybe like three out of five of them, you know? Exactly. So same with best VR, you know, uh, how do you want to do this? Do you want to start at the bottom and, and kind of save the best for last? Or do we want to top down? How do you want to do this, bud? I kind of want to do top down. Okay, let's do it. But at the same time, it's weird because there's like, for example, there's best independent game, but then there's also best debut indie game. Right. Which is there's some rollover there, but they're different enough that I don't know how you order that. So I think just for clarity's sake, we should just go top bottom. Okay. Game of the year, Nick. My favorite category. I know all these games. I've played most of these. Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Obviously, <laughs> I can't fucking talk. Celeste, which I'm shocked Celeste is on here, but we'll get to that in a minute. God of War, Spider-Man, Monster Hunter World, and Red Dead 2, of course. I'm shocked Celeste made it on this list. Of all the really badass indie games this year, it's it's shocking that this made the list of all of them. Um, it's cool to see an indie even make the list. Exactly. Yeah. That's like, awesome. I saw someone drew some fan art of like all the main characters from these games hanging out together. And it was just like, you know, short little chibi Celeste hanging out with a big old Spartan and <laughs> you know, Kratos. Kratos and Spider-Man and Arthur from Red Dead. It's like, wow, that's like, that's really cool. That's yeah, awesome. No, it's, it's great. And, you know, I didn't play Celeste, 
Uh, I know earlier in the year people were just talking about it like crazy. It's just one of those things I just didn't have time to get to at the time. Right. And I was waiting for a physical release because I'm a mark. Did they ever do that? No. Oh. No, I'm still waiting. Limited Run didn't do anything? No, not yet, okay. if anything. Fuck Limited Run games. Just in case y'all have forgotten my stance on that whole nonsense. I mean, to be fair, they've actually done really well with the Switch releases. Every single one they've done has been like a two-week window where you get to pre-order, and then they make them based on demand. There are a couple uh, Limited Run Switch games I wouldn't mind picking up. I was and just also, on the website. Best Buy has started buying from Limited Run and stocks them. Oh my god, really? Yeah, like you could buy Golf Story and Ukulele from Best Buy and they're Limited Run published. You can now or could? Now, yeah. Because if you can, can buy them now, I'm about stock. to go I'm about to go copy some... I gotta check this out right now. I can get me yeah, a Golf I think Story. what I heard, because one of the guys was tweeting about it that runs Limited Run and he was saying that Best Buy had ordered like 5,000 copies of some game or like 10,000 copies of another. Oh my god, game. you can pre-order it right now on their website. And GCU works on it. What other? What other? Uh, I'm definitely pre-ordering Golf Story. Hell yeah! Yeah, Golf Story and Ukulele are the only ones that I'm sure of. Limited run games only at Best Buy. That's awesome. And with my Gamers Club, Ukulele's fifty bucks though. Yeah, I mean it launched forty dollars on Switch. I think it's has some sales, and you can kind of get it for thirty now, or you can spend ten dollars and get it on Steam. But that's like. That's always what PC does, so did you, it's kind of a hard comparison to make. Did you play uh, ukulele? No, I wanted to buy it physical because that cover art. And act, uh, by the time all like the reviews had popped in and people were very lukewarm on it, I'm not sure how much that's going to affect my enjoyment of it because I'll just I'm a huge sucker for like David Wise and Grant Kirkhope compositions. So like David Wise did like Snake Pass, and that right. was a game I enjoyed strictly because it looked pretty and it was a just wonderful to listen to. But then ukulele, I feel like, will hit me in the same way. I feel yeah. I just got a weird bug in my eye. That was terrible. Game of the Year 2017 ukulele. <laughs> oh, God. Game of the Year. Bug in EJ's eye on a podcast. Oh, my God, Nick. It was terrible. Oh, it was- yeah. Shout out to Celeste for getting nominated. I do not think it's going to win. Absolutely. And I didn't not. play it, so I don't have any insight into how I feel about it. Also, shout out to Monster Hunter World. That is a, a really big surprise to me. Uh, Yeah, I'm trying to think of the other big titles that uh, oh god nick the bug is still in my eye i'm trying to think about the the bigger titles i got released this year and if there were any titles that were probably more deserving i mean really uh over celeste or monster hunter world i don't think off the top of my head i can't think of anything that would supersede that do you can you think of anything i mean i mean just looking down the rest of this list it's not really too much Except for maybe like another indie game like Dead Cells. People were really hot on Dead Cells when Oof. that came out. God, I love that game. That would have been really, really crazy to see like Celeste and Dead Cells versus four titans of the industry. And apparently they usually do five games for game of the year, but there was a close enough sort of ballot that Celeste must have eked in. I'm assuming Monster Hunter World was the same. Yeah. My pick for God, or for, for game of the year is easily Spider-Man. Love that game. I'm still playing the DLC. Enjoy the shit out of it. No surprise. I imagine I can probably guess your pick. What what would you pick for game of the year as your personal favorite? It would probably be between Monster Hunter or God of War. Those are the two you played. <laughs> well, you played Assassin's Creed a little bit. Yeah. And I just didn't grab me. I mean, there's a lot to it that I think, I mean, it's clear why people voted it for game of the year. Yeah. But I would be interested to see what your take on it would be because you've played Assassin's Creed in the past and have enjoyed those games. Yeah. So I wonder if the things that I got kind of hung up on wouldn't affect you as much. 
there's a lot to it. Like you can climb basically anything, like not quite breath of the wild level, but like pretty close. Okay. That's very interesting. And the, the combat is a little bit more fleshed out than from what I understand is they're, what they used to do with their combat. Like you've got the light, light and heavy and then got like a skill tree, like modifier, like a skill modifier where you can hold like the left trigger and then choose the direction on the D pad. And then you do a move or face button. I can't remember. It's weird. I heard that origins was a refreshing improvement over the last like three installments in the, in that the franchise had really stagnated since um, AC four, but, but it was a little long in the tooth and that Assassin's Creed Odyssey really took that formula and refined it and then also placed it in a setting that was actually interesting. Right. Yeah. Uh, And, and that everyone I know who played it were blown away by it. And so I'd be curious to try it out just because I like the Assassin's Creed formula. Right. Shout out to Spider-Man. Like, I'm I'm totally okay with it, and one of my favorite games ever was Black Flag. Part of that was setting and character. The gameplay is only okay. It's it's Assassin's Creed. It's it's okay gameplay, right? It's yeah, and like the as far as like characters and performance and like writing and all that kind of stuff, it's just the same same like schlocky Ubisoft kind of style that they have in all their games, right? Which is very like low risk, easy to kind of wrap your head around, like lowest common denominator vibe that i get from every ubisoft title i play you yeah. know so so what's your official pick game of the year i have a feeling we're gonna have the same pick <laughs> i think god of war is gonna win absolutely god of war it there would be something to be said about red dead but i think it's too divisive <sighs> like people think that's like great but they don't think it's very fun or good <laughs> isn't it's, that weird it's yeah it's kind of like it's a more exaggerated kind of reaction that breath of the wild had where except Breath of the Wild, people actually liked playing, but they just had like a lot of problems with some of the systems. Right. But with Red Dead, it's like, this thing keeps breaking. I hate how slow I'm moving. You never had that kind of problem with Breath of the Wild. You were never not having fun because you were like held back in that kind of way. It was yeah. more like, oh, I'm just frustrated by the the limitations because everything else is so limitless. Everything that I've heard from, from literally... Any other game pundit, fan, friends of mine, anyone who's played Red Dead, it's like they're looking for a reason to like the game because it's highly anticipated. After eight years, it is important. People are so invested in in wanting this game to be good that to say otherwise is it's like something's wrong with them, right? Then you just or, or or it's such a letdown that it's like all I have invested in this is for nothing, and it and it's it just seems very conflicted from all the kind of feedback I've heard about it. So I'm not sure if that's going to garner enough votes for it to win. No, it definitely. It, there's absolutely no way that's going to win. It, literally, everybody says. I wouldn't say absolutely no way. I don't know, man. Everyone says. Everyone who played it says Horizon didn't win a single award last year. That's not beyond the the possibility of Red Dead just completely sweeping. Yeah, this. part of that though was was. Nintendo Homerism. It was a Zelda game. Rockstar Homerism is, exists too. Fair. But again, it it's not GTA 5. GTA 5 was a great game with massive appeal. Uh, Red Dead is GTA 5, but with all of the things that make it fun gone. And everyone who plays that game says, oh, it looks beautiful and it sounds beautiful, but it's really slow. The gameplay kind of sucks. But the characters are kind of cool. Like, it's not game of the year. I don't know. I'm just saying it could happen, especially if people are like on the fence about God of War or if Spider-Man gets enough votes 
You think Spider-Man could cannibalize God of War and then Red Dead just comes out the victor by default? I feel like that's not unlikely. We said that last year, though. I don't know if that helped because, I mean, the two leads for Game of the Year last year were both console exclusives, but having two Sony exclusives, I feel like that might be, you know, you get the PlayStation hardcore people kind of picking one or the other and you get a little bit of like recency bias for Spider-Man versus God of War, but then that kind of works in reverse where you're like, you think back on God of War and it's like, wow, yeah, that was just a full complete package. You kind of gloss over the stuff that you might've criticized more heavily right at the, at the time. Sure. I don't know. I think it's between God of War and Red Dead, but I'm, I'm leaning towards God of War. I feel like God of War is the absolute favorite. And if it doesn't win, it will be a legitimate upset. If any other game on this list wins, Twitter is going to explode. Yeah. I think the least likely is Assassin's Creed. Yeah. Second least likely is Celeste. Totally. And then, well, actually, Monster Hunter is probably below Celeste. Well, who, who's voting for this? Because Monster Hunter is huge overseas, and it did very well here. This is very much a Western kind of look at these games. Yeah. Uh, we're both taking God of War, though. Like I said, I think that's the clear favorite, and anything else would be an upset. Whereas, like, last year, the other contenders, you could you could look at it and say, hey, there's a chance Odyssey takes it, right? There's a chance Horizon takes it, right? But yeah. I just feel like anything else here is would, would be a shocker for me. Mario Odyssey last year is kind of like Spider-Man is this year's Mario Odyssey where it's just like, it's just so good at what it does, but it's not doing anything new and that the doing the new thing can like really go a long way. We'll get to that later with like best direction. Yeah. And like there's some really cool stuff in this, in this uh, list. The next one is best ongoing game. I don't know why I, this one could have gotten chopped. I must have just glanced over it but it's gonna be Fortnite. this is relevant it's absolutely <laughs> going to be Fortnite. uh absolutely i think we're two for two right now nick go, go ahead and read the other ones you should you should do that i'm sorry D- destiny 2 Fortnite, no man's sky which is shocking it's still a game but that's why it's got the nod well right right well people people who play it say it's really improved and it's a game worth playing now and it can be picked up for so cheap uh overwatch still going strong and tom clancy's rainbow six siege Fortnite's absolutely going to win this category it's too monolithic not to. Yeah, it's and you know what's amazing is this time last year we're talking about PUBG. Well, no, we were talking about Fortnite also. I, Fortnite was just on the rise, I feel, last year, but PUBG was still the battle royale game. It was on the rise, but it was such a like huge rise. People were still th- people were still scoffing at it, being like, "There's no way they can surpass PUBG." But then Fortnite actually had like a a quick production schedule and like a a big enough company working on it that they could be quick on their heels. Yeah. Put Thanos in there, have some dances in the Super Bowl or whatever. <laughs> right. No, it, it, they absolutely blew. They did everything right. And now this year you've got PUBG trying to sell skins from Suicide Squad. Oscar oh. award winning Suicide Squad. Oh. Selling skins for like $40. Like, Oscar ooh. award winning. <laughs> ah, fuck. It's true. Uh, that was an upset. That was an upset, my friend. Uh, yeah. It really was. We're, we're taking a Fortnite. We haven't played any of these games this year. So, well, that's not true. I did play Destiny 2 for a little bit, but it was way fucking worse than the first one. And I quickly gave up on that. And you haven't played any of the expansions, I'm assuming? No, none at all. So, ongoing game. There we go. I think that's probably all we have to say about it, right? Mm-hmm. So, best game direction. A Way Out, which we heard quite a bit about at the last Game Awards. Uh, Detroit Become Human. God of War. Marvel's Spider-Man, Red Dead 2. This is a really tough category, Nick. 
Yeah, I agree. Wow. I mean, and as much as people don't or didn't really enjoy A Way Out or thought it was kind of middling or mediocre, yeah. it did have very interesting direction. Interesting. It. Interesting. But was it the best? It was interesting, Nick. You're right. And the eclectic son of a bitch running the show. And I messed up already by not including what their definitions for these categories are because there's like a little synopsis, single sentence thing. What is the definition for this particular category then? I don't have it in front of me. I'd have to look it up. Look it up real quick because I'm curious because last year we sort of debated on some of these. Like, what does this actually mean? So I didn't know they actually provided descriptions for that. That's, That's rather helpful. In my estimation, best game direction. Ah, that's actually tougher than I thought. My vote's God of War because of the single shot. I think that's huge. Best game direction awarded to a game studio for outstanding creative vision and innovation in game direction and design. <sighs> to me, then, it comes down to a way out or God of War. God of War, like you mentioned, it did the the one shot. And don't get me wrong. Spider-Man did the same thing. Spider-Man. Red Dead does do some interesting things with like they've got a dedicated kind of system and play for having a cinematic camera mode where if you're riding the horse and you have it kind of following the trail then you can pull out and do like the ultra wide shot and like it's like photo mode while the game's still playing okay interesting so that's worth like mentioning and then i don't know if spider-man like sticks out at all for you it's just not very innovative it's just doing it very competently it's doing it well and it's fun and it's exciting but it's just it's par for the course, and that's okay. That's fine. Right. It's not. It's more right. than fine. It's great. Spider-Man is a great game. Obviously, broke all sorts of sales records. People love it. It's the most platinum Sony exclusive game. Yada yada yada. And then I watched uh, actually almost two thirds of uh, Detroit Become Human. I was over at Andrews while he was playing it. Yeah. And as far as like storytelling, it's a bit poor, and it's not very nuanced. It's very ham-fisted. But the performances. We're actually really good. And well, I don't know about that. I can't say that whole cloth. Like it's just, there were a lot of standout kind of things where it, it went past the uncanny Valley into like, this could just be an FMV game, but because I have control over the camera dynamically, that makes me more invested in this character and exploring these environments. So there, I think there was some, there, put some credit there. I mean, there's a reason why it got nominated. I don't think it stands a chance as far as winning, but it, it deserves to be on the list. And it's clearly the best Quantic Dream game. And maybe their last. <laughs> right, unfortunately. I actually just ordered that game, uh, Black Friday. Got it for a decent deal. I figure it, you know, people who played the game really enjoyed it. So I feel like I, I should give it a go. Detroit, yeah. That's like a $15 well-spent game. Oh, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. You know, the only game I've played that's even s- similar to this is, oh, what's the fucking game? The horror game? Until, Until Dawn. Dawn. Yeah. Which in a lot of ways is just a, a better Quantic Dream Quantic Dream game. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's you know. that's the, the word on the street, Nick. Uh, I think A Way Out's the only one that it actually poses an interesting direction or a challenge to best game direction. It did something interesting with the multiplayer aspect and having to work in tandem with another player, but then the setting, too. It's not just that mechanic, the multiplayer mechanic, but it's also incorporated into the setting, you know, as a, as a prison break. Yeah. And the gameplay aspect and cooperating as true, truly cooperating, not just both playing the same game. Really interesting. I was super intrigued by this. Of course, when the reviews came out, I was like, ah, it's not worth my money, but initially I was very interested and we had the whole thing last year with the, the guy directing the game coming out and doing the whole, that weird bit, just a total, 
he was the guy who was totally off the rails, right? And, and, and did the rant into the he did his little monologue. EJ, you're you're making it abundantly clear to the listeners that I haven't told you what the intro is. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. Is it really? I don't know what the intro is yet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, you'll you'll hear That's it. That's great. That's fucking great. <laughs> okay. But I do agree, like a way out is very innovative, and especially for like a smaller kind of title, like really amazing for an indie game, quote unquote. Like, yeah, of course EA published it, but I think that was more of a I don't know how much money they dumped into it, you know? Right. And they probably didn't give them a bigger team or anything. It was just like, yo, we'll publish and promote and, you know, make sure the distribution channels are all flowing. Yeah. I think Red Dead has a chance just from uh, the stance that the whole reason people like that game is because of the direction. It's the atmosphere, right? That the game creates that makes the game worth playing, not the gameplay itself. And so I think from that perspective, people might lean Red Dead's uh, direction. It's Red Dead Redemption. <laughs> Red Dead's direction. Red too. Dead Direction too. Uh, uh, you know what? Honestly, I'm putting me down for Red Dead. I'm putting me down for Red Dead, Nick. And you Do know, it. I'm probably wrong. I'm probably wrong because last year I was thinking, oh, voter fatigue, and we kind of got into it about voter fatigue, and that well, it depends on how they're voting, how they're looking at this. And I just thought they're going to be spreading the love because these guys who are voting played all these games. And they want to, they want to spread the love to the different games they played and enjoyed. Yeah, and give credit where credit is due. But as we saw, that didn't happen. It didn't happen. <laughs> Fucking Zelda no. swept everything, and it totally shouldn't have. I'm going to go Red Dead. Um, you're going God of War on this. Yeah, I think that single shot is both technically amazing and also so well executed that that was one of the most compelling things about that game is that there was never a relenting moment. Yeah. And that was just really, really innovative. I don't know when you're going to see that emulated again in another game, but it's going to happen. Give it ne- next year, two years. It's already in the works. Someone has already looked at that and said, this is how we make our game good. And of course, that's not how you make your game good. Games take a long time to make, so I don't know how quickly that could just be slapped sure, in. Sure. I'm sure the next God of War, which is also 100% going to happen. Yeah, six years. We'll have now. the same thing, but totally. who knows when that happens. Best narrative. We've got Detroit Become Human, God of War, Life is Strange 2, Marvel Spider-Man, and Red Dead. This is a really fucked up category, Nick. Would you like a sentence Absolutely. describing it? Absolutely. Okay. For outstanding storytelling and narrative development in a game. Does not help me make a decision. <laughs> I think that helps expand it, though, a little bit because it's not just what the story is, but it's also how the story is told. How it's told. So Detroit, its sole purpose, its entire reason for existing is to tell that story. It is not about the gameplay mechanics. It is about the narrative and how it unfolds. Right, but it's also a kind of soft narrative. Right. Uh, that's the thing is, so, how good oh, was okay. it? Android civil rights. Okay, we got it. Yeah, welcome <laughs> to 2018. Nuanced. Yeah, God of War had amazing characters, great performances, a very compelling story, but I would argue unfolds slower than I would like and, and and sort of segmented by what I think is really mediocre gameplay, which is fine. Again, it's the Assassin's Creed thing. It's mediocre, but it works. And if, and if it's filling in the gaps between something really compelling, I think it's fine. Again, it wasn't enough to make me beat the game. Not yet. I want to. Right. I want to see how this game ends because I, I really do love those characters and I really enjoy those performances. But And I think God of War in particular 
is a good example of a game kind of butting up against the we're trying to tell a story but the player has agency so we can't force them to be paced into the story we want to tell yeah and that's a that's the number one reason why video games can't be good at telling stories traditional stories at least so right i think god of war did a very admirable ad, admirable job of keeping you engaged between its story beats and having your characters still like communicating with each other right and having it that that still served the purpose regardless of where you were in the plot sure and you saluted me because i'm admirable at admiral admiral telling tories as i say (laughs) sorry uh all of these games make a, a compelling argument in their own right red dead 2 again a game that is praised for its characters and the interactions those characters have. No one would talk about it if it didn't have a compelling story, I think. Totally agree. Spider-Man makes a case because of not only the way it tells its story and it's it manages to inject like this levity into the modern like I mean look at all these games on here. Detroit, God of War, Life is Strange. These really dark, heavy games. Spider-Man while it deals with these really mature elements and it has you know spoiler alert the game ends with aunt may fucking dying like it's a very dark game in its own right but because of the character and the way that they approach it and the way they portrayed it again injects this levity and is sort of this really positive uplifting sort of overtone that this experience is as peter parker is really interesting and so Mm -hmm. from that standpoint it's doing something different and the story was great the characters were great the way it unfolds is is mostly par for the course. It was interesting how how well it worked. You know, in most games like this, you have audio logs you're discovering. In this game, you have this built-in, you know, as Spider-Man, you're just swinging around and you have all this time you're spent just traversing the world and people call you and so much of the narrative unfolds during these phone calls and it's so natural and it, it progresses so smoothly. And it's not, again, it's not reinventing the wheel, but it works so well. Um, so I think Spider-Man makes a case. I don't think it'll it'll beat out some of these other ones, but... Yeah, I think it made the case by being nominated. I don't think it makes enough of a case to win. I agree. Which is sad because I feel like there's not really a category in this entire awards list that is like, yeah, that's Spider-Man. Yeah, which is a bummer which, because... It's a bummer. Yeah, it's a huge bummer. It, I agree. It, it, it did so many things well and that team is great. It, it, listen, the Game Awards will have no bearing on this company and what they do next. They've already got the sequel in the works, and it's going to happen. Of course. And this game sold so fucking well. It's the best-selling, you know, from here to Kingdom Come. So They made a boatload of money. The Game Awards is just more of a... It's a let's celebration. Get into, let's get Brian Intahar on stage and have him be all goofy and be like, oh, gosh, this is, a, be, be this is awesome. Super I really awkward. love this character. <laughs> yeah. I love that guy. He's such an awkward, neurotic, just goob. Ah. What's your pick? What's your official pick here? I mean, this is tough. I'm I'm throwing a dart at the wall, dude. I'm gonna say it's Red Dead. Red Dead. Okay. Best. Wow. Okay. Just I mean, recency bias, and again, the really the only thing that game has going for it is the narrative. So, and also, I wanted to shake it up and not say God of War for once, and especially because I don't think the actual plot of God of War is very good. The characters are what make that game. Yeah. And what they're doing is important, and it's like a cool story of a father dealing with the death of his wife and trying to become closer to his son. Yeah. But that is like the extent of it. Everything else is just kind of like, you know, big mythical shit happening. I mean, the story is compelling to me. It's, you've got this God who is trying to live without his powers, hiding 
from a pantheon of gods in a realm where supposedly they can't reach him. And again, the, the, the journey of trying to find peace with his wife's death is one thing. But then the greater story of like these gods are after him because of all the things he's done. And then he went into hiding. Like that's very compelling to me. This journey again, he's hiding, but he's also on this quest. So he's being pulled in two different directions. And I think the plot itself is, is totally fascinating and it only made better by the characters. Not compelling enough for you to actually play it, but because the fucking gameplay, I'm just, it's, I'm not having fun. I don't like the fucking puzzles I and know, the fucking, I know, God. I know EJ. Usfraba. <laughs> Listen, I want to enjoy it. But anyway, so is that your vote then? No, or do you think it's going to, or not your vote, but like, is that your prediction? Is that my prediction? Best narrative. That's really tough. Like I said, this is a real shot in the dark. Best narrative. Dude, I'm going Detroit. I'm going Detroit. Wow. It's it's a narrative only Dark horse. Game. Dark horse. Dude. I just feel like <laughs> people are going to look at the best narrative and they're going to pick the narrative game. I know Life is Strange on here is on here, but it's too small. Detroit was a, a AAA Sony exclusive. That was the entire press cycle for that month. And reviewed positively. So I'm going to go Detroit. I think we're both wrong probably. Nick, we're probably both wrong. But. Probably, you're definitely wrong. I think there's Fuck too off. many people that have a that have an axe to grind against uh, Quantic Dream and David Cage that they don't want to reward them at all. <laughs> reward mediocrity. Well, reward sexual harassment in the workforce. Oh, that's the too. workplace. Yeah, the game award full of SJ dubs. Yeah. Although I say that dismissively, as if workplace sexual harassment is okay. It's not. Oh, forgive me for that. You fucking snowflake. Uh, best well, art direction. The description before you do the, the, the rundown of the names. Yeah, give it to me. Best art direction is for outstanding creative and or technical achievement in artistic design and animation. Okay. So we have Assassin's Creed Odyssey. I think you can throw that one out right away. God of War, which you and I would disagree on. Octopath. Fuck, Octopath is great, man. Uh, Red Dead 2 and Return of Obra Dinn, which I have never even heard of. Literally until this moment. Really? Yeah. Yeah, It's been out for uh, a little bit. I started hearing about it a couple months ago. Same guy who did Papers, Please. Okay. Is it just a, what would you call that? That's one bit, I guess. I I could. It's literally literally two colors and uh, the whole game is like that. Okay. So, kind of interesting. So, Assassin's Creed... Looks great for what it is, but it, again, it's pretty standard for what a game should look like in 2018 uh, you know, at the tail end of a current gen like this. And its animations aren't that great as far as like the facial capture and the stuff that you actually notice. Right. A lot of automation. Which you have to do for a game that's, you know, over 100 hours long. Of course. God of War, which I think the art direction is wonderful. I think the atmosphere they created and, and it, as I progress through the game, you see the different worlds. A lot of variety. Animation detail is fantastic. Right, right. A lot of those like visceral kind of attacks that you get that are sort of similar to the glory kills in Doom. Right. Like, those are really cool. I mean, there's nothing as satisfying as chopping a wolf's jaw half and half and like ripping it down its entire torso. Dude, it's very cool. As you get into some of the, the, the deeper combat, some of those moves are fucking crazy. And it's, it's paced really well. You don't like, I never felt like, slowed down by it. it was if anything it was a breather from how hectic everything else was and right. it just looked great always mm-hmm. it was never the animation that i was like bummed out by octopath does something new and refreshing and it is nothing without its art direction if that game looked any different no one would give a shit about that's it. that's a hot take that's a hot take 
It's 100% true, though. Wow. Okay. I mean, if that game looked like uh, Lost Sphere or um, I Am Setsuna, no one would care about it. Do you think that's true? Yes. Okay. People saw that at the January Switch re- like reveal, and they're immediately like, what is that? They saw it. They didn't hear what was said about it. They didn't care what it was. They just saw it and was like, oh, that's that's beautiful. Raising my hand on that one. That was me. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I'm picking Octopath to win. I think God of War makes a really great case, and I wouldn't be shocked if it won at all. But I'm going Octopath because this is one of the few categories I think it might actually have a chance. I think it's one of the three categories it's nominated for, which I, which is more than I thought it would be. Yeah, I'm going Octopath. Let's go Octopath on that. What do you think? That's tough. It's I know. Tough. <laughs> it's tough. <laughs> You're struggling. I can see. Red Dead is technical achievement the game. But technical achievement and art direction are two very different things. They list technical achievement in the art direction. Ah, that's tough. That's 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 not a good description of that. Creative uh, and or technical achievement in artistic design and animation. I think the creative aspect supersedes the technical achievement. I think there's, I mean, I'm sure you've seen screenshots and seen videos of that game in action. And it is very much a look at this kind of game. Yeah. It is torturingly torturing you to go slower to force you to look at it more basically but we have a game like that every generation and it's like are they ever really that good and in 10 years here's the thing in 10 years are you gonna want to go back to octopath or mario odyssey from last year or you want to go back to red dead in 10 years red dead will be fucking obsolete yeah but there's a difference between trying to be innovative and trying to be timeless wind waker is timeless but it wasn't very innovative there are other cell shaded games out there. I think it's infinitely better to be timeless. People, you want to make a game people want to play. This isn't most timeless art direction. I, I know. It's best art direction. I know. And technical achievement is part of that, you know, rubric. I'm going Octopath, man. And I agree. I want Octopath to win, but I'm also, I'm torn. So what's your pick? Three, two, one, go. I'm going Red Dead. Red Sorry. Dead. There it is. Lock it in for my boy, Nick. God of War does have some very, uh, wonderful art direction just if i think about that game visually what's what pops to my head first is the cold areas obviously yeah like the mountain and all snow but then it's also alfheim with all the post-war elves and dark elves oh yeah and just how brightly colored and exotic that location was and how much of a stark contrast that was i thought that was very visually interesting but there are some other areas later in the game that get very samey and repetitive yeah so Let's move on here to best score slash music. Give me the description here, my, my man. For outstanding music, inclusive of score, original song, and or licensed soundtrack. Okay. So I'm going to take a knee here. I don't... Uh, like Spider-Man, I, I played, obviously. God of War, I've played. Neither of those stuck out to me as being like, oh my God, the, the score in this game is, is worth, right. you know. So I don't, I don't really have a preference on who wins Hey, but you know what else is nominated? Go ahead and read all the nominations. So we've got Celeste, we've got God of War, we've got Spider-Man, we've got Nino Kuni 2, Octopath, and Red Dead. The two times you played Octopath, you really enjoyed the music. I, that's the one thing I said about it. Uh, you're right. You're right. I, you, I, yeah, you convinced me. I'm going I'm going uh, Octopath on that one. I am going to go Celeste. Celeste. See, that was the other one that, that stood out to me. These indie games always have these really memorable, unique soundtracks. And so... Well, I mean, the good ones do. 
But like Celeste, I'm pretty sure their soundtrack is on Spotify. I listen to it on YouTube. It is. It's the only thing that I've really um, engaged with in that game because okay. I haven't played it. So beyond like seeing clips of people playing on on Twitter or whatever, yeah. the soundtrack is damn good. Yeah. And like you said, God of War and Spider-Man, like they're very serviceable background pieces to what's happening, but there are much more important aspects of that game than the soundtrack, whereas Celeste, like that's all it's looping. It's looping over and over and over and you're not getting sick of it. It's interesting because some of the best games from our childhood, Nick, like the first thing you remember is the score. We yes. love Pokemon. The first thing that comes to mind. Dude. I know we've been playing a lot of Pokemon lately. And dude, I got to tell you, I'm addicted to Let's Go in a big, bad way. Oh, buddy. <laughs> I beat the game a couple days ago, and I've just been going ham on that. But beside the point. Yeah, the, the best games from my childhood, the first thing you recall is the music. You were talking about DK earlier. Some of your favorite Super Nintendo games. And it's that fucking soundtrack. Yeah, I can't think of a game that I enjoyed from like my childhood that had a bad soundtrack. So I, I'm Octopath, you're Celeste. Yeah, I don't know enough about it to really make an informed decision. But yeah, uh, the next category here is best audio design. Now this is Broad. also presented by Dobie. And the best soundtrack <laughs> was presented by Spotify. Like, you know, yeah. they're making those deals. Like, that's a right. pretty cool thing, right? Yeah, they're, they're right. growing. <laughs> best audio design is for recognizing the best in-game audio and sound design. Very self-explanatory. This has to go to God of War, right? Why don't you read the names first? So we've got Call of Duty, Forza, uh, Forza, Forza Horizon 4. <laughs> I just I just put those two together. <laughs> Verizon. <laughs> okay. Uh, God of War, uh, Spider-Man, and Red Dead. Spider-Man, again, it did what it needed to do. And I know a lot of work goes into this. And so all these games, it's like the sound design is huge in any game. That's the most important thing in selling any medium like this, whether it's video games, whether it's film or whatever. Audio is the most important ancillary. Obviously, the most important thing is that the game is fun. But outside of that, you know, if your audio design is bad, every single person will know it. And when your audio design is like good or passable, then sometimes you don't even notice that too. Right. Well, that's the thing. The, the idea behind great audio design is that you don't notice it. It's when a movie or a game has really poor sound design that you, that's literally the first thing you'll notice. And this is the reason that audio went digital years before film did. That, that's another tangent, but it's audio is so important and so underappreciated. Can I ask you a question? Yes, please. Do you remember any of the E3 uh, Kingdom Hearts 3 trailers? I vaguely recall the front porch in the grass. Is that ringing a bell? No. Okay. I'm thinking of like Frozen and swinging around on tangled girl's hair and like... No. Don't remember. Hanging out with Olaf, the little snowman. Anyway, I'm only bringing that up because for some Japanese reason, they were showcasing a song that was going to be featured in the game. Okay. So they had singing and they had characters talking to each other. But they had no sound effects or foley. And it is jarring. Yeah. How awful it sounds. Yeah. You notice that stuff, man. And it can be totally uncanny. So just based on the games I've played on this list, I'm going to go God of War. Again, because of the, just the, the visceral nature of the things you're seeing and hearing. Yeah. There's some good sounding stuff in that game. I actively noticed how good the sound design was in that game okay so you, are you gonna go gut of war as your official prediction yeah boom there we go 
we got to start mixing this up a bit or else we're going to be uh, we'll be tied up at the end of this. My whole goal here, Nick, is to kick your ass. And I know you're not a betting man. I wish you were because I would I'd put a I'd put a nice meal on this. I'd put some pad key mao or some you know evil meeting fried rice on this on this list. What do you what do you say, Nick? What do you say? Sure, I'm down. Uh, I just remember beating you last year by what two or three? Dude, it was such a close race. And some of them we we voted on stuff that we had no insight yeah. or literally valuable guess. information. Literally, <laughs> like, guess. And I, I won a couple of those. <laughs> Yeah, so, pretty rough. So let's, let's do it, man. We'll, we'll, we'll tie dinner on this. High stakes combat. I like it. I think <laughs> last year you're like, I'll buy you a drink. Or someone said that. And I'm like, well, I don't drink. So it's not going to be a very fun bet for me. It's Thai food this year, baby. Something we can both get behind. I can get on that. So we're both going God of War. Uh, our next category, best performance. Oof, this is tough. All right, give me a, give me the script on this one. Very self-explanatory. Awarded to an individual for voiceover acting, motion, and or performance capture. Yep. Pretty straightforward. We've got Brian Deckhart as Connor from Detroit Become Human. We've got Christopher Judge as Kratos, God of War. God damn, he was good. Uh, we've got Melisanthony Mahout as Cassandra from Assassin's Creed. I just butchered that name. That's my bad. Yeah, that was funny. That was very entertaining. <laughs> we've got uh, Roger Clark as Arthur Morgan in Red Dead. And Yuri Lowenthal as, as Peter Parker in Spider-Man. My headphones are dying, Nick. Give me just one quick sec before we dive in here. Oh my Christ. Every time. <laughs> well, if you would just remember to charge your shit, that's the hubris of wireless headphones, my guy. All right, Nick. So again, like both of us haven't played Red Dead, so I don't know how integral to that game, like that game's experience and the performance, how standout that was for Arthur. Right. But yet again, I'm think like my initial, you know, gut reaction to this was between Yuri and Chris judge for Spider-Man and Kratos. Like those are just really, really good performances. Brian, Brian Decker as Connor was like the kind of the, he had the most screen time for Detroit and he definitely had some He had, he carried a lot of that story, Yeah, but there wasn't a lot of stakes to his character because he was playing an Android and a very Android as Android where it's like very, (laughs) you know, stable tones and like I'm trying to calm you down that's my character right now and I'm being an android and I'm saying these things not as a person but as a robot not like doing straight up like robot voice but you know what I'm saying like it didn't really have a lot of stake to it it was emotionless on purpose yeah and that can be a tough line to walk but I don't know if he did like a appropriately standout job compared to some of these other people no you're he's literally last place on this list like Straight up, like there is no case to be made for for Detroit in this. And instance. then Melisanthe as Cassandra, she was the most interesting part of that story. Melisanthe, and like the best character. Okay, but like it's just so Ubisoft. Like she is just saying this Greek word over and over that just means like bullshit. And it's just like hammered over and over. And this the writing is bad enough that I I couldn't get into the character. Yeah, and she was just like the generic kind of like snide talking. Oh, I'm just a mercenary, whatever kind of character so sure. like just the character wasn't that not innovative but you know this wasn't very interesting to me whereas i think kratos was obviously the most interesting kratos we've ever had oh but man. also you know expectant boy <laughs> boy <laughs> <He's>, <laughs> he was the perfect voice and perfect casting for that character but yuri is peter parker was so 
wonderful. And Yuri Lowenthal's like 50 years old. That's He's the, playing this 24-year-old. If I hadn't seen a picture and read the IMDb for, for Yuri Lowenthal, I would have enjoyed that character much, much more. And as I'm going through Turf Wars right now, I'm appreciating him as Spider-Man much more than I did in my first playthrough. Of course, I, I did I did a Ultimate New Game Plus run through. So I've spent a lot more time with that character. And I've come around on him since my first uh, sort of, uh, you know, appraisal, I think. And I don't know if my thoughts and opinions were actually on a podcast that didn't, you know, disappear uh, yeah. because of technical difficulties. But I initially was like, he's serviceable, but he's old as fuck. And I think the writing was a little lackluster for, as far as his as the Spider-Man character. He was a good Peter and a good Spidey half the time. Yeah, that's a tough line to to walk. Yeah, but if you read out loud a Spider-Man comic from the 60s or now, it's going to sound really bad and not how a person talks. But that's like part of his character. Like he's a cornball. Right, right. <laughs> Nick, everything from the 60s that are not our parents and not a Beatles record are probably fucking trash. So like, I'm, I'm just did. saying I was I wasn't saying like from the 60s specifically. I was sure, saying but from its inception until now, it's all going to sound bad read well, aloud. Well, not well, it's yeah, the Venom movie is pretty lungs pancreas. <laughs> I can't even get through it. You're fucking right. Comic books are retarded, dude. Yes. And you can't just do you can't just treat it like a script. So they have, you have yeah. to take some it's a fine line to balance, you know? And just from what I saw of that game, it seemed like it was cornball, but I wasn't like annoyed by it. It wasn't like, like I was rolling my eyes, but still kind of smiling. So that's, it, I think half of that is the performance and how you deliver that. Cause he has to be earnest. He can't be like sarcastically saying, he can't be Ryan Reynolds in it. Like no. that wouldn't work. No, of course. You just talked me into it. I'm going Yuri, dude. I'm going Yuri. Yuri? I'm going Yuri. I gotta, go, I gotta go Chris Judge. I mean, I'm talking up Yuri because I do want to like, Shouts out, but no, I, I agree. Kratos was just so fucking. It was it was awesome. That Kratos, was what made that game. Kratos was really wonderful, but my argument against him is that he really suffered from the Geralt effect. He was very monotone. He was very just sort of neutral and 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 flatline. Yeah, but I mean, but same with Geralt. It it services the character, right? And then when you do get those moments where he's like frantically chasing after his son is being stolen by this weird elf fairy man. Yeah. That's when you're just like, holy crap. Like this is like, this is a big deal. Yeah. Kratos is actually like emoting. I feel like Yuri did a lot more. Oh, he had a lot more on his shoulders with portraying this really charismatic superhero, but also creating this persona, you know, the Peter Parker being this really relatable, empathetic character. Yeah. They're kind of polar opposites as far as like these super people. Right. One's pushing everyone around him away and the other's trying to pull everyone closer. Ooh, Nick, you're making my nipples hard, man. <laughs> oh, dude. That's why you come to the Concert Crusade for the hot insight. That was nice. Uh, so so you're going Chris Judge and I'm going Yuri Lowenthal as Spidey. Uh, let's fucking move on to best indie game. I don't I'm mean being incredibly generous to God of War. I, <laughs> right, right. Yeah. They're going to fucking sweep. Unfortunately, okay. Best independent game is for outstanding creative and technical achievement in a game made outside the, the traditional publisher system. So, 
This is tough for me because my my personal pick is easily Dead Cells. We've got Celeste, Dead Cells, Into the Breach, Return of the Obra Dinn, and The Messenger. A stacked list. Really? Super stacked. Oh, dude. This is, if you've got like $100, buy all these games. Straight up. You're going to get, there's something for everyone. There's three platformers for everyone. <laughs> but you know what I mean. Dead Cells is easily my pick. Uh, my personal favorite. That game was fucking brilliant. It, it, listen, maybe it's because I... I, I don't play as many games as the, as the regular gamer. I don't know, but that I'm just, honestly surprised that this game actually grabbed you. It, I mean, I, apparently I love roguelites. Apparently that's my fucking genre because every single one I've played has completely grabbed me and I've been addicted to all every single roguelite I've played has fucked me up, dude. I can think of two that you've played, so I don't know. So rogue legacy binding of Isaac uh, binding. I didn't know you got into binding. Yeah, fucking great game. Jeez. Yeah. Okay. God damn. I wasn't grabbed by Binding of Isaac. Well, because it's I a just twin, like stick twin stick shooter. shooters that much. Yeah. yeah. That's not your I jam. W- I wish I did because there's some awesome roguelike twin stick shooters out there that are more actual twin stick, like End of the Gungeon and um, Nuclear Throne. Yeah. Dead Cells to me is, is is the best in the genre I've played. That that game is just great. And I, I haven't gone back to beat it. I put in so many hours in, in it is um I don't know if it's actually the patch is out, but they did push out a patch on PC. I don't know when it's coming to console, but mm. a lot of balancing changes. Yeah. I need to get that back. You might into not it. like because they like nerf turrets and stuff. Fuck. Turrets is the only reason I and they changed how like bosses drop uh, like epic gear. Like yeah. they don't drop it guaranteed anymore. Oh that's uh, okay. Don't get me started on that. But then like they up the odds and other things and you know it's buffs and debuffs. Yeah. Uh, you played Into the Breach. That is a fantastic game. It just didn't grab me when I played it, but that is easily a game sure. that you could lose yourself to. Sure. Also roguelike. I mean, yeah, technically it has roguelike elements, but it's really a turn-based strategy game, and it's re- it's really niche. Turn-based well, strategy games are a, niche. is a platforming action game, but it's a roguelike, you know? You, you're right, but when you think of roguelike, you think of action games, whether it's a shooter or yeah. it's... The original Rogue wasn't an action game. Absolutely. The original Rogue is a terrible, awful, unplayable slog. Yeah, it's like ASCII art and weird shit like yeah, that. I mean, it's interesting and important and revolutionary. Sure. And influential. But doesn't mean that we have to go back and play it. I'm going Celeste on this, man, just because that had the biggest... Definitely. None of these other games were nominated for Game of the Year. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Celeste is winning best any game. But shout out to Dead Cells. You fucking yeah, rock. Definitely. Uh also, people really like The Messenger. Yeah, The Messenger, I think there was a lull in the indie game space towards the end of the year here. Yeah, it was just, it was like a early August release, and it just owned that week. It owned that, like, three weeks where just nothing else was out, you know? But people had issues with it. The, the deeper you, you kind of dived into that, it was like, well, the aesthetic is there, and what it's emulating, it emulates well, but it, it sort of meanders and... You know, it's 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 a great it's great for what it is, but probably could have be been best, edited down. Yeah, is best the game. sentiment I kind of get. Absolutely. And then Return of the Overdance is too new. I don't know if enough people have played that game yet. No, I've never even heard of it. Like I said, till right exactly. Now. So, uh, best mobile game. Here's something that we are totally not uh, invested in whatsoever. But of course, Fortnite's going to win. Uh, the list here: Maybe. Donut Country, Florence, Fortnite. County. Donut County, excuse me. Uh, Donkey Kong County. Fortnite, <laughs> PUBG, and Reigns Game of Thrones. Dude, f- I mean, it, Fortnite, is, like you said, monolithic. 
Fortnite is yeah. ubiquitous. It's global. And it's Fortnite. amazing that you can play it on a phone and it's not a like a hugely watered down experience. Like obviously you have to make some concessions in how it controls, but yeah. like it's largely the same experience and you can literally play with every other platform. You you could be playing on PS4 and I'd be like, I'm going to hop in. We're going to drop in together and I'll be playing on my phone like that. It just works. It's fucking so, crazy from, from a technical standpoint that that's yeah. the case. It is better than the Switch version by all accounts. So, I mean, the Switch has buttons and sticks, so that does a lot to improve it. Uh, so you're going Fortnite? Yeah, I agree. But you nailed this category people, last year. People liked it. Yeah. Best VR AR game. Pretty self-explanatory. This is also, these are the most interesting VR games ever probably except for super hot yeah that came out last year though but these are all like really interesting vr experiences i'm looking at this list and i already think i i see the winner but uh we've got astrobot rescue mission beat saber firewall zero hour moss and tetris effect nick beat saber is the winner period have you played any of these no i haven't played anything in vr um i think astrobot's gonna win Ooh, okay okay Astrobot. Beat Saber, by all accounts, is an awesome game. I've seen a lot of gameplay, and it seems very competently made. And the only downside is that it just released on PSVR, mm-hmm. and it's going to be a completely neutered version of it because you're not going to have that community sharing songs and sharing like playlists and that kind of stuff. You're right. It, I didn't you're going to be limited that. to completely by what they can get the licensing for on the biggest platform. You know, there's over 2 million PSVR headsets out there. I don't think there's even a million uh, Oculuses and Fives combined. I feel like Beat Saber, you're totally right. And I'm not going to change my pick, but I fucked up there. You're right. But it's the most accessible game on this list. It's a great party game. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the easiest to understand for new players who are putting on a VR headset for the first time. But you're right, because it wasn't on this platform that is you know, as widespread as, as the PlayStation VR. Not many people have an Oculus, you know? And also I think like it's awesome and VR adds to it because there's like the walls that you have to dodge back and forth around. Yeah. But honestly, this could have been a Wii game. Totally. Whoa. And I think that based on it not being like nece- like necessary for it to be a VR game, it's the same as Tetris Effect. Tetris Effect is awesome. And it seems like a very cool thing to experience in vr but it's not the optimal way to play like you're you're you're, there's too much going on you can't see the blocks as well because you got you know the shitty resolution not sitting on your face two inches from your eyes right so i think there's a much higher chance for something like moss which was a very short and digestible game and astrobot which came out very recently but had very very high praise and people likening it to this is like the thing that justifies vr i think that that carries a lot of weight i've heard that about like three or four games a year for the last three years. This is this is what justifies VR. Guess what, Nick? The game that justifies VR doesn't exist yet. Yeah, but I'm saying that it actually looks like it as opposed to people trying to explain sure. how something could be the best in VR. Like Super Hot seemed very interesting in VR, but I'm just not interested in that game. Yeah. So it seemed like a very cool thing to put in VR, but I think Astrobot is designed more from that perspective from the ground up. So you're going to Astrobot and I'm going Beat Saber. Yeah. I think you've got a really good chance of getting that because Beat Saber is, like you said, why like people love that game. It's guitar hero for it's played for, by a lot, yeah. It's rhythm games are easily picked up. Yeah. Uh best action game. 
Give it to me. For the best game in the action genre, focused on <laughs> combat. Okay. Call of Duty, Dead Cells, Destiny, Far Cry, and Mega Man. I'm going Dead Cells. Really? Yeah. Over over something as ubiquitous as Call of Duty or uh, as, as, you know, Destiny 2 is sort of the lone wolf in that genre filling that space. Um, or Mega Man, Return to Form in a lot of people's It's not going to be Mega Man. Not going to be Far Cry. Going Forsaken? No, it's not going to be Forsaken. Call of Duty? Maybe, but come on. Okay. I'm Nick. thinking it's Dead Cells. Okay. I don't know. Okay. okay. Feel, feel free to cast your, your <laughs> prediction any way you see fit. Oh, wow. Okay. Best but we were singing game. We were singing Dead Cells praises earlier, and it's like, that game is a combat game. Nick, I'm going with you because I love the game, and I also would rather either sync with you or... Or, or or otherwise swim in our false reality. Yeah, well, I'm gonna go dead cells with you. Uh, best action slash adventure game, really broadening yeah, our horizons. Well, action here. adventure is classically been a very kind of different thing. For yeah. the best action adventure game, combining combat with traversal and puzzle solving. So we've got a list of the usual suspects here: Assassin's Creed, a list Odyssey. of EJ's favorite genre. Yeah, fuck you. It's true. Uh, God of War, Spider Man, Red Dead, and Shadow of the Tomb Raider, which is the first time they've uh, appeared. This is obviously an Eidos joint. Uh, a little, little Crystal Dynamics. Aren't they doing? Uh, They're working on the Avengers game. Yes. Crystal D has done all the other Shadow or the other Tomb Raider games, but um, they only did like a little bit of support on this one, probably right. just for assets. Yeah, this was production. Well, this was the thing was everyone was when when this was announced, everyone was wondering like because uh, Tomb Raider, right? And then Rise was it Rise of the Tomb Raider? Yeah, that sounds right. And and so when this was announced, people were talking about like well, when it was leaked, even well, it was leaked like two years before it got announced. Well, like, it got leaked to like some guy on the fucking train, and there was like a name attached to it. They already had Idos Montreal attached to that, and that was right after um, or was it even before Deus Ex? Mankind Divided. Oh, yeah, you're right. Because that was their last game. That was 2016. Yeah. But people so. were people were questioning this because Crystal Dynamics had done so well with the reboot. And then it was suddenly like, well, okay, well, this is being passed around. Like, you know, what's this mean for the franchise? Right after they finally sort of became relevant again after how many years of, of really not doing anything with Tomb Raider? Well, they had just done a reboot in like 2008 and done a trilogy before they rebooted it. Um in 2012 with a uh, Tomb Raider. That was a one year exclusive on 360. Who played that? I know Max did. Uh, that surprised me. <laughs> uh, was, yeah, I remember that, that winter we were living together. He was playing that. He played LA Noir. Um, that was the year that Andrew brought over Bioshock infinite. That was kind of an interesting sort of end of the generation yeah. slurry of games, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Tomb Raider. I just, it hasn't stood out. No, no, it's the worst game on this list. Period. Uh, I'm going Spider Man just because it's it's this is the best chance it has. Also, capital T traversal, uh, right? Um, it's got the best traversal. It's got it's the funnest game I think from just like a pure like just the the joy, right? Like my nine year old brother is gonna play Spider Man. He's not playing mm-hmm. God of War. He's not playing Red Dead Redemption. He's not playing Assassin's Creed, but he can jump in. And again, action and adventure. Spider-Man embodies action adventure in a way that none of the characters in these other franchises do. So that's my vote. I wouldn't be shocked if God of War wins. I feel like that's probably actually what's going to win. 
I'm going to double down and put God of War because we had the same scenario last year with Zelda yeah. where if you're going to win game of the year, you're going to win your category. Yeah. God damn and it. And four of these games are also in the the game of the year like category. I don't yeah. think they're going to see a, a difference between those two winners. You're right. You're right, but I'm going Spider-Man. I got to I got to stick with my my boy Spidey. Uh best RPG. Again, pretty self-explanatory. Well, what is an RPG? Actually, a miserable pile of secrets. That's a good question. <laughs> miserable okay, pile me, of secrets. <laughs> let, me, nice. let me read you this description. Okay. Uh, for the best game designed with rich player character customization and progression, including massively multiplayer experiences. From the bottom up, we got Pillars of Eternity 2, Octopath Traveler, Nino Kuni, uh, Monster Hunter, and Dragon Quest. This is actually a tough list. Again, not invested. Octopath great for what it is i think it's too niche can i give a can i give a quick little shout out please do to a game that didn't get nominated last year because it came out too late mm-hmm. and it didn't get nominated this year because it came out too long ago okay and this and soundtrack xenoblade chronicles 2 yeah getting that big snub it's a bummer really weird time though second week of december or like was it december 6th or 7th last year i think it was the fifth i could be wrong though it was like early december it was like smash bros date yeah, that was a game we, we were shocked it was actually coming out that year. We thought it was going to get pushed and pushed and pushed, and lo and behold, they, they managed to hit it. So used to that from JRPGs. Square has really taught us to not expect things yeah. at a timely fashion. On this list, I think Octopath, again, if it were more widespread, if this were on if this were a multi-platform game, probably Octopath, but with fucking heavy hitters like Nino Kuni being a, a major exclusive on a console with 80 million units out there. I'm not sure how much exclusivity really matters unless there's multiple exclusives in the list. And that's the only exclusive I see. I think Nino Kuni was PS4 exclusive, but it was also on PC. Oh, was it really? And then pillars hasn't been ported to consoles yet. Okay. But okay. So for all intents and purposes, dude, this is Literally, this is tough. I'm going to go best RPG. Um, fuck, that's hard. Dragon Quest, man. I'm going Dragon Quest. Bold take, dude. Get that Toriyama shout out. I'm going fucking Dragon. I mean, Monster Hunter isn't enough of a traditional RPG, I think, to be considered, nor is Pillars of Eternity. Here's the thing, though. I kind of agree. Pillars is definitely an RPG. That's, an, that's a Western RPG. as Western RPG. This isn't best JRPG. It's best role-playing game. What do people think of? What do people fucking think of? It depends on what they started. I mean, if they started on PC, then you're talking about, uh, God, what's the name of that old-ass game? Start with a U. (laughs) Ultima. Ultima Online. You know, so it just depends. But I am going for Monster Hunter. Monster Hunter, Not because I think it's the best RPG, but it's the best game amongst these five RPGs. (laughs) Okay, fair enough. Best fighting game. Again, I mean that's very self-explanatory. Go ahead and read the list, and we can just both say Dragon Ball Fighters. Yeah, Blast, Blast Blue, Dragon Ball Fighters, Soul Calibur Six, and Street Fighter. Easily Dragon Ball. It, it took a property Nick that was massive and has kind of come around for this resurgence in 2017, 2018, and did it right. Yeah, props to Arc System Works for finally getting something to work with the exemplify their ability of making these anime characters look as good as they do in the TV show and showing the proper respect. Right. And the homages to the, the episodes that these moves are from. Dude, put some respect on Goku's name, bro. I just ordered Dragon Ball Fighters for like 20 bucks on Black Friday for uh, the Switch. Mm-hmm. Figured I'd uh, figured I'd pick that up, you know? Yeah, easily Dragon Ball Fighters. Um, nobody played Blast Blue. Soul Calibur 6 
was a great meme for like a week with all the character creation stuff. I think it's uh from what I, everything I've heard, it's a very competent game. I'm sure it I is. Just don't think it was. It didn't have a any surprise behind it. It was mostly just people being like concerned that it would be as bad as Soul Calibur Five, and then it just wasn't. And you're like, okay, well, moving on. <laughs> and Capcom can fuck right the fuck off. So not worried about that. Uh, Dragon Ball Fighters, uh, best family game. This fuck this category. Give me the description on this. This was a category I wish I had a description on last year. <laughs> for the best game appropriate for family play, irrespective of genre or platform. Oh, this Doesn't is help you though. This is Doesn't easy. This is an easy win. So we have Mario Tennis, Nintendo Labo. Fuck you. Overcooked two, great game. Starlink and Super Mario Party, which is easily the winner. Don't even argue with me, Nick. Don't you? I see you and see the wheels turning. You want to play devil's advocate right now? Don't even. Well, I want to. I want to give proper consideration to everything. This isn't as cut and dry as Fighters is. You know, dude. Super Mario Party, dude. Give it to me. You're you're trying to formulate an argument right now. You know it's I'm Mario not, Party. No, I'm not trying to argue. I'm trying. To, well, I'm trying to give <laughs> each game consideration because I. I respect these yeah. options. These are all. Fair. This is always like the best Nintendo game that didn't fit in another category. Yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, like Labo sticks out because it's just so it's so bizarre and interesting. But I don't think it wins. But no, it's just so no. inventive and unique. I think that counts for something. But it's not so much a family game. It's kind of it's only for kids. Yeah, it's like it's a, something that parents do with their kids. I think Mario Party is it's it's better for a group setting. It's family friendly. It, 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 it's Mario Party. Starlink, absolutely not. Why is it even on this list? Because it's got cool toys. Mario Tennis, the only chance I think it has is the fact that... Mario's name is in the title? <laughs> it's in the title of, of both, right? But Mario Party is is a little more recent. Mario Tennis had longer to sort of, you know... Incubate. Yeah, and sort of stick or into fall those off. who... That too. It's But it came out recently enough where people were still talking about tennis until pretty recently. I'm going Mario Party. Yeah, I agree. I think it's going to be Mario Party. Mario Party, my guy. Best strategy game. Ooh, this is yeah. also tough. This is tough. There's Best a clear game winner. focused on real-time or turn-based strategy gameplay, irrespective of platform. Yeah, Battletech, Frostpunk, Into the Breach, The Banner Saga 3, and Valkyria Chronicles 4, which is easily my pick. That's the biggest game on this list, the most anticipated game on this list, and it was you know obviously multi-platform. Into the Breach, I watched you play for a while. And we talked about it earlier, but way too small, I think, to compete with something like this. I think it's going to be end of the breach. You think it's going to be end of the breach? Really? Wow. That that dark horse, dude. Dark horse. I think people. I think too many people are turned off by anime aesthetic, and way more okay. people are just go goo goo over pixel art. Okay, fair enough. Best sports slash racing game. I just wanted to. It's just a funny, really, really funny category because you get like FIFA 19, Forza Horizon 4, Mario Tennis Aces, <laughs> NBA 2K19, then Pro Evolution Soccer. You know, is it soccer, soccer, basketball, car, or Mario Tennis? <laughs> it's 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 either easily going to be the car or the soccer game. Mario, yeah, I'm gonna say it's Forza. Yeah, what won last year it was the car game last year, wasn't it? I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. It was. I'm going Forza. I'll go with you on that one. Wait, which car game? Was it GT Sport, the one last year? No, I can't. There were two car games, weren't there? Well, because there was Forza 7 and GT Sport. I don't recall, but it was one of the, the options. Wait, was Mario Kart in this list last year? No, it wasn't. It wasn't. <laughs> it's a racing game. 
best multiplayer game. Yeah, and this one is uh, specifically doesn't have to have come out this year. So Call of Duty, uh, Black Ops 4, Destiny 2, Forsaken, Fortnite, Monster Hunter World, and Sea of Thieves. Dude, it's Fortnite. It's for, it, it can't be anything but Fortnite. I'm going to Fortnite. I didn't even think about it. Yeah. I ain't even thinking about it's it. It's too big and too good. Shout out to Monster Hunter. I'd rather play that. Well, sure, of course. But I mean, Fortnite's undeniable. I would rather play most of the games on this list uh, before Fortnite, but yeah, it's huge. Uh, our last category here, we have the best debut indie game. Recognizing a new independent studio that released its first game in 2018. Winner selected by fan voting. So we've got Donut County uh, by by Annapurna Interactive or published by and by uh, Ben Esposito. Mm-hmm. Uh, Florence, which is Mountains, again, published by Annapurna Interactive. Moss, Polyart Games. The Messenger, which is Sabotage Studio. And Yoku's Island Express, which is Villa Gorilla. I, I, I can't make an educated guess here. I, I haven't played any of these games. The Messenger is the only one that I kn- know. Yeah, I think The Messenger has a solid chance. The thing is, it being fan voted makes it kind of interesting. Mm, that's the fucking wrinkle, dude. So I don't know what the most popular of these games is. I'm going to go Donut County just because that's appeared before. And, and I it's at the top of the list <laughs> alphabetically. <laughs> Where else did it? Donut Country, Donkey Kong County. It, it showed up under best mobile game. So probably a bigger install base. Yeah, so did Florence. And Moss showed up in best VR game. Messenger showed up in best indie game. Yoku's Island, this is the only category Yoku's Island is in. Very interesting game. I don't know if it's the best amongst these other ones. Again, this was I mean, last year. We literally were just we were playing fucking roulette, dude. We had no idea. We just guessed. I'm going messenger. Messenger. See, I, I wanted to go messenger, but if I want to beat you, I have to. I have to. Got to play know. smart. I got. I got. I got to diverge at that. some point. You know. I respect so, that, my fuck guy. It. So, that's the game awards, man, dude. I really hope. Like I said, I get this time off. I, I gotta go to the fucking dentist and shit. But hopefully, whether you're in Eugene or I am in Portland, well, it'd be Thursday, so I'd be in Portland, wouldn't I? We'll be watching together. And we'll do, maybe we'll do, maybe we'll be crazy about this, Nick. Maybe we'll do a little live reaction right after the fucking podcast. We'll just hop on and, uh, or right after the stream, we'll hop if on If we a wanted podcast. to be truly crazy, we'd set up a green screen and like color key it out or chroma key it out and do our live react, do a reaction, post it on YouTube, get our YouTube channel off the ground. You want to do it? I'll bring my camera back. <laughs> I can grab a green fucking cloth. We just have to set this shit up in your room. <laughs> like... That sounds awful. It sounds terrible. I just want to hang out and lay in your bed like a weird man oh. and watch oh. the game awards. <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh, dude, next week, eight days from when this podcast goes up. So we'll be basking in the glory of game awards announcements and heading to Best Buy at 9 p.m. to pick up Smash Brothers. Dude, between Jeff Keighley and Reggie Fizeme. Fucking poppy. I want to be the meat in that sandwich. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Boy, will we be <laughs> Thursday, dude. It's going down. I'm stoked. I can't believe it's a week away. We've been talking on this podcast for 15 weeks and it felt so far away. Now we're here. Quick shout out to, uh, you know, obviously we glossed over and didn't talk about the esports categories in the game awards, but uh, 
best esports moment. Oh, these are just like whatever, 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 whatever. But shout out to uh, the the Sonic Fox side switch against Geo One and Dragon Ball Fighters. Do you remember that from Evo? I no, I don't. So this dude, they're you know they're one v oneing Evo, and then I think it was Grand Finals, and in the third game, best of three. Uh, one of the guys, Sonic Fox, requested a side switch where they got up and like shifted positions and they it was decided by a coin flip and it was like the super contentious thing where it was like, yeah, you can do that, but it seems like kind of a dick move. And it, apparently it threw off the guy that he was going up against, like, you know, iced him on the spot so that he just pulled it out and won. Oh, God. Just kind of interesting little things like that. Shout out. That was a cool thing. That was a funny moment. That was like one of two things that I remember from Evo. I followed nothing when it came to Evo. I mean, literally, I couldn't tell you a single thing. So it's kind of fun to tune in and just see people be really good at fighting games, kicking each other's ass. Right, right. And it's so much easier to figure out than, say, like a League of Legends tournament where you're just like, well, there's just a bunch of shit flashing on the screen. This means nothing to me. Right. I want to see the dude punch the other dude until his bar is empty. Dude, guess what I'm about to, I'm about to place an order right now for those fucking limited run games golf story and ukulele see i'm ordering from best buy so that limited run makes less money because fuck those guys see how see i'm being smart i'm being a smart consumer <laughs> now that'll show them how, how much money do you think they're making on, on a, a sale like that i mean i look at i looked at ebay literally yesterday for golf story and it's selling for like 55 60 bucks and i'm ordering it right now for 24 dollars minus my five dollar reward certificate so you do the fucking math pretty nice that's just for the standard edition yeah i actually had a really cool special edition where it came with a nes cart with a the game within a game that they had yeah Galf. i saw they didn't they did that for ukulele with like the n64 packaging yeah which is cool a little but bit less a little bit less uh cool for ukulele because it didn't actually come with you know another physical cartridge that you could actually right. play in a freaking nes you that, know that's crazy that's fucking crazy this, my friend, has been the Consequence Podcast. Sarah is in here. She's bringing my, my wallet right now as we speak. You want to know why? Do you want to know why? Why? Because <laughs> I got to fucking order me some uh, limited run games. You don't have your credit card information saved on your Best Buy account? So Best Buy redid their website and it lost all my info and now it doesn't save credit card info. I have no idea why. It's really frustrating huh. for me. Weird. Maybe it's just that I have it saved in my um, Google Chrome. Maybe that's what it is. Well, I'm placing the order. Let's see if it goes through. Processing. Thank you for shopping with us. Cool. Just spent me a cool 50, 58 bucks. And my $2 donation to St. Jude's Children Research Hospital. Get on my level, bitch. Consequence Podcast. Get you on me out of here, bro. We did it. <laughs> I hate this bit. It's my least favorite bit. I like all of our bits, except for the part where you don't get chow and you just awkwardly say the and that is the bit. Just get chow me out of here. For leaf. <laughs> One.